Would you please join me in prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, our cornerstone, we come to this place of, of great, uh, this solid place and this stable place to, to believe in you more fervently and more fully. And so I pray this morning that the words that are from you, that you're filtering through me, would be just barely, very clearly heard and caught in the hearts and the minds of all who listen today. And so I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There's a richness and a depth to who we are as Lutheran Christians, a, a marvelous sense of depth when you can sing, Lord, when you look on us in love, at once there falls from God above a ray of purest pleasure. Your word and spirit, flesh and blood, refresh our souls with heavenly food. You are our dearest treasure. Let your mercy warm and cheer us. Oh, draw near us, for you teach us. God's own love through you has reached us. And the marvelous complimentary piece of Christ, our cornerstone. Man, I'm not sure I even need to preach today after we've sang those two beautiful, beautiful songs. But I'll give it a shot anyway. We'll see how it goes. Part of the art of preaching, the job of preaching, is to tell you something you know in maybe a new and different way so that you'll catch it or understand it in a, with, with, with a different kind of hook that works. And, and so the, the, the same old thing I need to preach this week is you need to believe in Jesus. You know that. It's not a great insightful thing that the preacher needs to stand and tell you. But what I can tell you this morning is that what you believe guides what you do, what you say, what goes into your body that you, and, and what your body does. And, and that sort of belief system, that value system, what you hold on to guides the identity of who you are. And, and that is filled up everywhere with reality. You know that and I know that. And when that piece of you that is uniquely you in Jesus leaks out and finds its way out, beautiful things happen, transformational things happen in culture and life and relationships and, and family life. It just becomes a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous congruence of faith and life. I love that piece. Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. King, was a life like that. There was such a congruence in him between his experiences, his education, and, and, and his heart and soul and passion. He inspired an entire generation, picking up in, in his speeches and in his work, uh, motivated and inspired by what was going on around him, wanting to change the cultural status quo from being that which was negative and hurtful towards people, and in some cases murderous towards people. Dr. King had a dream because first and foremost, he believed in Jesus. And in some weird turn of events, God had taken a humble preacher and put him in charge of a whole movement. And we are the children of that legacy. It's just how it works. There are things that were said in the 50s and 60s that we would never say. We would never participate in those conversations because of Dr. King. And what he was all about in the speeches that he gave, the dream that he had. When we read through John's gospel, we filter it through, through John's dream, if you would, through, through what John would have us understand and know about Jesus. 
In John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, which I said to you at the beginning of the service, there's a marvelous piece of Scripture here. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these signs are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. So all of the Gospel of John is filtered through that verse. There are lots of other stuff that maybe the disciples sat around with and and John said, what about this? And they said, nah. And John said, what about that? And they said, no. But that wedding at Cana in John chapter 2, that's that's a biggie. With John chapter 2 at the backdrop, John invites you and me today, like he did the disciples and the early readers of his book, to nod a little more fervently that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that we would believe, and that we would be ready to behave and align life and values around believing in Jesus, and that there would be such an intensity and such a solid faith in Jesus that we would live lives that are just filled with confidence, peace, Anyone can be a critic. Anyone can say, I don't believe. It's, it's easy to be a critic. All you have to say is, uh-uh. Justin broke the toy. Uh-uh. Sarah took it. Uh-uh. I don't believe it. Jesus rose from the dead. I don't believe it. Well, you don't believe that. I don't believe in dinosaurs the way you do. And I don't believe that man came from thus and such. I believe in God created human beings. Uh-uh, that's dumb. Uh-uh, you're dumb. No, you're dumb. No, you're dumb. No. It's easy to be a critic. It's easy to say, I don't believe, but it's really hard and really difficult to say, I believe, and to let your life reflect what you believe so that there's a a sense of of, of order and stability in your life, rather this kind of randomness that goes with being a critic. Any fool can say in his heart that there is no God, no this or that. It's easy to believe in nothing, but if you believe in nothing, you'll fall for anything. And if believing in nothing, you, you, you get to a point in life where things are really hard, and, and, and what you believe in has been washed away or cracked or fractured, then life collapses around itself. And you look up and you say, well, I believed in this, but that didn't save me. And I believed in this, and that didn't save me. I believed in this, and now I'm lost. And I'm not sure where I stand or what I'm all about. So people try and try and try to find meaning and value in different sorts of things. They try to find meaning in family, in work, in friendships, in recreation, in some current activity, trend, or fad that that, that we think is going to be the living end, that somehow we're all going to have life connect. And then we get involved and we become overwhelmed. And the answers to those two marvelous questions, who am I and what should I do? If what you believe in doesn't answer those questions, it's really easy to get lost. So Jesus goes to a wedding. I believe that. I believe Jesus went to a lot of weddings. I believe that Joseph died early. And in dying early, Mary was on her own. And maybe Jesus did as any good son would. He took his mom to the wedding. And it's probably pretty clear that Mary had some extra responsibility at the wedding. It was probably a pretty close friend of the Jesus family. And, and so all the good wine was served early on. And they had even gotten through all the two-buck chuck. And, and then Mary comes to Jesus and says, Son, I, I think you can do something about this. No one else can, but you can. 
And Jesus has kind of a terse exchange with his mom. He says, uh, yeah, uh, just leave me alone. I'm hanging out with my guy. It's not my time yet. And, and then Mary almost comes to the side and says, just do what he says. Whatever he asks you to do, just do it. So something clicks in Jesus. And he says, okay, uh, see those big 20 and 30 gallon jugs over there? You go fill those up and bring them back. Take a cup of wine to the guy and see what he says. He didn't just make one glass for the bride and the groom. He made over 100 gallons of wine, the best wine they ever had. And people like to pull this story apart and say, what about this? What about that? Oh, the good wine lasts. That's cute. And the third day, that's cute and all this stuff. And, and I've even preached sermons on that. But, but the reality is in verse 11 of chapter 2. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee, he thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I studied and wrote a 50-page paper on Peter for my doctoral program. And, and I love Peter because I think Peter was probably the one in the corner at the wedding going, did you see all the wine he made? And it wasn't some nasty wild Irish rose like we've been drinking the last two days. He made Justin isosceles and Justin Vineyard isn't even planted yet. This is the best wine in the history of the world. What do you think? And Peter elbows John, and John elbows Andrew, and Andrew elbows Bartholomew. And all of a sudden, they're, they're not with their hands in the air going, I believe. They're like guys sitting in a corner going, I believe. I get that. I'm with that. I understand that. Did you know that that was water when he came? And then when he took the glass, it was the best wine we'd ever had. They revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him, John. Nothing was the same again after the wedding at Cana of Galilee. Once they believed in Jesus, there was no turning away from it. He had impressed them so thoroughly that, that, that they put their faith in him. And then what did they do as a result of that? They followed, they listened, they served, they gave, they sacrificed. All of them with such fervor and such intensity. And then at the end, they gave their lives. In the cause of the one in whom they believed, they believed that Jesus was the Christ and they had received life in the name of Jesus. I love football and I'm going to watch the games this afternoon. And I'm going to cheer for the old guys, for Brady and Breeze. They're closer to my age than Goff and the other guy, Mahomes. But at the end of those football games today, Nothing's really changed. So much of the things of my life seem to be that way. You see, how much money I make isn't necessarily a measure of my life's worth, nor yours. Accumulating many, many things and having a value system that leads me to buy and have more stuff leads me to full closets, a cluttered garage, and no more meaning in my life. But if I believe in Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, if you nod a little bit and say, you're right, I believe, then there's something that goes on in your soul, in your heart, that gives you strength and courage and character, something deeper and richer, so that when it feels like life is being attacked and that you're struggling, there's, there's, there's an inner strength that comes from believing in Jesus that allows life not to collapse but that allows life to go 
on. Dr. King believed in Jesus. Dr. King was led by the Lord to say these words, words that will be familiar to many, many, many of us. Dr. King said, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day, even in the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Dr. King believed, and so he spoke and poured himself out. And others believed even after he was killed in the words that he said and spoke and his legacy is carried into our relationships, into our community, into our cultures, into our families, right here and right now. Because he was convicted and convinced of what he believed. And he left a legacy of that conviction for you and me. So who is Jesus Christ that you should believe in him? Well, let's look at some of the evidence. Well, for one thing, I believe that he turned water into wine. I believe that a lot of people saw it. I believe that when they brought those glasses of wine back out and people swirled it around a little bit and said, this is phenomenal wine. I think they looked at Jesus. I think the disciples worked the crowd and said, you know, Jesus made that. The guy we're with, yeah, he's the guy. He's the Messiah. I think that over 100 gallons of excellent wine were made that day. People noticed it and those closest to Jesus believed in him. And I'll nod yes at that. And I believe that Jesus lived for you and me. That he completely kept all of God's rules. And that when he went to the cross, he was this sinless son of God. And that nails went through his hands and a spear in his side and a spike through his feet. I believe that he died innocent. And because I believe that, I believe that he forgives your sins and my sins 100%. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, John writes. In his death as the Christ, he wiped clean any doubt that we would have that God would love us and be close to us. God loves us so much that he would send his son, John writes in John chapter 3. There's no doubt how we stand before God as we look through the lens of Jesus. We stand before God right here, right now, and in eternity, unblemished, clean, forgiven. And we believe that. That's why we're gathered together. You see, it's easy to be a critic. It's hard to believe. Any idiot can be a critic. Idiot. Someone completely focused on themselves. ta idia. But to believe and to believe in Jesus, as John writes, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe, that takes work and time. And I believe that as he died for us, he also rose for us. What proof do you need of that to believe? Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, that more than 500 people saw Jesus alive at one time, alive through death and the grave for you and me. And I believe that. And I invite you to believe that with me with all your heart here and now today. 
Because in his life and in his death and in his resurrection, he has sealed you with his Father for all eternity. These are written that you may believe and by believing have life in his name. And where we believe, lives transform. In essence, God has a dream for each and every one of you. But first things first and first things foremost. Second chapter of John, we've got a long ways to go. But simply today, nod your head yes. I'm with Peter and Andrew, James and John. There's some stuff I wonder about. But at the end of the end, at the end of the day, I believe. I believe. Amen.